The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after after show, the after show. It's the after show, everybody. The show after the show. And uh, Jonathan wants to talk about something today. So what do you got? Uh, We had a listener, Tim, write to us through the contact us page of thecigarauthority.com. And he starts by saying, I listened to the podcast about opening a lounge. And I have some questions I'd like to ask. I'm contemplating actually opening a lounge. But before I do, I was curious about a few things. I guess first and foremost, there are three shops within a 10-mile radius that are established with 20-plus years. Are they they have lounges in them or just shops? Uh, It doesn't say. Okay. Uh, My idea is to put a shop in a very rich neighborhood that doesn't have one but is centrally located in my city. This would be my first business, and I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. I would be looking into a business loan but not sure the best way to go about it. I would definitely... It would definitely be a high-end establishment due to the demographic, middle-aged men, 55-plus, and very wealthy. How would you recommend going about this? And just for reference, the three shops I mentioned all reported 500,000 annual income, and I'm in Louisiana. Any advice is much appreciated. All right, so Louisiana, rich area, three stores 10 miles apart. A lot of stores. So it's not densely populated because it's a rich area, so it's not like people are on top of each other. You would, <clears throat> I wouldn't imagine unless uh, it's high-end condominiums. Well, it sounds like the other three shops are in a different neighborhood, and he wants to put the shop in the more affluent neighborhood. Yeah, but, with, but three, three of them within a 10-mile radius of his new store. Mm. So his customer... That he's thinking is, you know, is the bullseye. First off, maybe one one out of a thousand people use the product. So you look in this neighborhood and you say, "All right, there's fifty thousand people here. That's fifty customers a month, right?" Which the is average, <clears throat> yeah, the average person yeah. consumes a cigar a month. So <clears throat> now you're talking about, uh, you know, two customers a day, which you know. And you're going to have a high-end lounge. Um, there's, the only way to pick up the business is going to be you're going to take from them, right? First off, you have no business, so you're not buying their business. You're going to take from their business. So you got three stores that total generate $1.5 million, and you're going to take some of that. You you obviously know those three stores, and you got to be coming in saying, okay, I'm going to be cleaner and nicer and richer than theirs is, maybe they don't have a 
serve alcohol. They don't have a cigar lounge. You said cigar store, and then you said cigar lounge, so I'm confused. But let's assume they don't have a lounge and you do. Well, you got something there because you're not going to steal from them. You're going to be open when they're not going to be open, and you're going to be able to have all of those customers also. You're going to be sharing the customer. They're going to go there in the daytime. They're going to go to you at night. You're going to have a few people that come in the daytime, but you're going to be a cigar bar is usually a night establishment. Well, and uh, I think the people, the mistake that people make when they start exploring this, and it'll all come out in the due diligence with the, the bank loan anyways, but is just because you open a cigar store doesn't mean that you're creating cigar smokers. Again, you're in a rich neighborhood. Let's say there's, 500 houses in that area yeah you're not even at a person yet that smokes cigars on average correct yeah but where you're in a affluent neighborhood maybe not a lot of children around uh you know you're 55 plus type community you you may end up with a higher concentration it's down south so maybe somebody does they they go south for the winter yeah it's their second home and you know, you're going to have to pull from outside of that neighborhood. So how easy is it to get to this particular location? Because the parking is just an easy, yeah. easy to explain how to get there. I know everybody has GPS and stuff, but there's still, you know, you drive by. How many people saw it as they drive right. by? The location is so important. It's always been huge for you, right? Yeah. Just exit one. Yes. <laughs> All well, the I, had the, I had the lousy locations. Yeah. I tried that. I had four different stores with lousy locations. Well, even even when we were across the street over there where I bought my very first cigar. Wrong side of the street. Wrong side of the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we almost doubled our business moving across the street. How's that possible? There's a right side and the wrong side. There's also the fact in, in that that may be true that switching the side created some extra benefits but also the visibility yeah. of being a standalone building with a giant sign that yeah. says you know you, you know can the get other part here. is is there any other reason people go to this neighborhood right because then you may get some people that say okay i'm over here i'm gonna come in how much do, do people live in that area or do people shop in that area right in this area people don't live in this area no um before tuscan built all their condominiums and stuff, very, very low amount of people that live here. Um, the, the taxes are high in the city because there's not a lot of people that live here. Um, then all of a sudden came all the businesses, and the business got taxed, and the um, taxes went, went low because somebody was there right. to, to pay Good the Good commercial tax base. And commercial means... You know, we don't really use the schools and the mm-hmm. and, and um, you know the other things that um, towns provide. Um, Something else to think about too is when you go into these other three shops that are established for twenty years, what does their product mix look like? Because on on one hand, you're going to have to be able to mimic that to some extent, but also, how much Dave do you think product exclusivity would play into? Well, play a role there's here. three stores in that area well-established, that he said, so they've been around a long time, so they have the open accounts of what uh, of the hard-to-get uh, stuff that isn't going to be. He's going to have a hard time where he's going to be the new guy coming in. I was there, too, many, many years ago, and um, the old-established store, uh, unfortunately, is going to say, yeah, don't open them. Right, uh, you think they're your friend, and they're going to say don't open. And by the way, I've never said that in my life to, to any new store that's open. But they have done it to me, and I hear that it happens very, very often um, because you know you're going to 
you're going into the neighborhood and the first customer you get was one of their customers because you didn't create a customer, you're taking away from their customer. Um, if you end up doing a cigar lounge um, and they don't have it, you have a whole different business. Yes, you have the same product. You sell cigars and they sell cigars, but the, the business is totally different than grab-and-go retail cigar shop. Um, half a million is about an average cigar store. It used to be about 380000 That was a few years ago. The price of everything has gone up. So you got to imagine it's close to a half and a million. And COVID did give us a bit of a bump yeah. as far as the number of people yeah. consuming. Um, <clears throat> and if, if that, and I don't know how your state operates, the mix between alcohol and cigars over here in New Hampshire, it's 60, 40, 60% has to be in cigars where you're allowed to now sell 40% in alcohol. Uh, so you better have some, uh, customers coming in and out. You come in and you say, okay, I'm going to undercut. Uh, my competitors, it, it is a viable uh, thought process and say, I'm going to be cheaper than everybody, but it's a race to the bottom. You, you're already telling me you need to go um, borrow money. Uh, you're going to borrow money and have lower lower profits. Probably not, not a good thing there. You're in an affluent, high-end neighborhood. Okay, you're going to charge more than everybody else, and that's a viable option also. Our place is going to be beautiful. They're not going to come in and probably buy boxes and boxes of cigars, but while they're in our beautiful establishment, they're going to pay more money than it would, and they're going to, they're going to happily do it, by the way. You've heard people say that before. Yeah, you know, I went into such and such. The cigar was $20. Yours is usually $10, but the place was beautiful, nice atmosphere, and it was a, it was a night out. But you sold the guy sold one cigar. One? cigar and maybe two drinks and again that plays into and why it's so difficult to do a cigar bar if your state has regulations about the the percentages is you're upside down on the first transaction the guy buy even let's say a ten dollar cigar you're charging twenty dollars he buys the twenty dollar cigar he gets a drink and she gets a drink you're upside down she doesn't even want to drink right you know and then there's ways around that that you incorporate the uh, a cigar that comes with the drink. We got a, a guy locally that that's what he does. Yep. He yeah. buys a bunch of cheap guy, I mean, cigars. He's not in the cigar business. He's in the liquor business. Another piece of it is it's not a great time to borrow money. Right. It's hard to borrow money. And, and it's, it's expensive. expensive. Yeah. yeah. So that's you have to sell that much more to be paying off that loan. Yeah. So if you if you end up nailing down and you're you're still set on this, you've got an unbelievable location. You've got your defined target audience, the business plan. What's the business plan? What what it what exactly are yeah. you going to build it? And they shall come is not a business plan. Well, and the other the other side is if you're going to if you're starting from scratch, you do have a chance to do it right, which is well lit, uh, not just having high end cigars. I know you're looking at this high end neighborhood, uh, but again, you're you're trying to pull from a, another area. So you've got to have low-priced cigars as well. You've got to have a good mix. Good mix. You know, a big thing is, how's everybody going to know you're open? <laughs> right? right? So you need money. And it, I think with yeah, the, the upfront advertising cost it, of it. Yeah. Unless you're in this visibility thing that, you know, they People see you. are driving from, by. You're coming soon. You know, oh. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a neighborhood yeah. where people <laughs> drive by and notice it. Right? Yeah. There'd, there'd have to be so much to... Uh, to more information to know, uh, you know, scout the location and and uh, then give you know honest, good feedback of of what it is. Uh, like you get a franchise company or something, 
and you say, I want to open uh, McDonald's or something, and, uh, and I got the perfect place, and McDonald's is going to say to you, yep, you know, we're not interested. We're not interested in your $2 million you have to give us uh, right. because it's not good. Well, what is good? You know, okay, here's the criteria of, of what that has to be. And, um, you know, I, I want high volume. And if I did a lousy job at it, it would still be good. Um, we, he's asking for his share of $1.5 million, which is going to be now four people. So there's a total of $1.5 million that happens. That's on the in table that, in that area. Yeah, right, right now. And you want uh, your piece of it, and you're the new guy, but you, you have some great ideas in mind, and you're going to be better, and it's going to be easier for these rich guys to get to you because the other guy's at, uh, uh, 10 minutes away. Okay, um, the best you're going to end up doing is 350000 right? If you if it's an even split. If it's an even split. And you're buying yourself a job. And your base, it's three to five years before you break even. Yeah. It's not it's not plug and play, unfortunately. Uh, with with that location comes a, possibly a lease, unless you buy. You've got your utilities. You've got staffing. One person cannot run a cigar store. Right. You need a cigar store. Never you need mind at a least cigar three. Lounge. You need at least three so that you can have two guys on at the same time in case someone has to go to the bathroom. Someone's going to eat lunch. Someone calls in sick. You've got to have that backup plan yeah. built in. And what are you doing for a living now? And are you going to continue to do that for a living? And that means absentee ownership or, no, I'm going to pop in after work or whatever it is. Uh, what I think you're going to see here in, in the next year and a half is a whole bunch of stores going under. Mm. And a whole bunch of stores, because we're talking about they have too much debt to begin with. There is too much debt in the United States, never mind cigar shop owners and stuff. You're going to see small cigar brands, and we talked about the cigar brands today, uh, building your own cigar brand. Right. There is cigar brands that got built, and when we see the slowdown that's happening now, the economy slowed down, the cigar boom is over, just like happened um, in 2008, just like happened in uh, 1998. Every 20 years, you see this type of thing. That ends up happening, and here comes the next one. And really, what becomes important is the brands that have some kind of legacy. They've been in business for twenty plus years, and they become household names. And that's the, those are the ones that are going to survive. Well, it, and a store that has no debt and get, get past a bad time, you know, they put their nuts away. You are going to borrow your nuts, basically, <laughs> right? You're borrowing the nuts and paying interest on it. A little nervous when he starts talking yeah. about nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, it isn't. It isn't clean sailing. It is. It isn't. Uh, um, well, there's also, no guarantee. How old are you? You know, I. You know, how, how many years you got? If you say, "Well, I'm 60 years old. I'm going to get into this," it's going to take you 10 years to start seeing the light of day. Uh, and and are you prepared to live meek? Be well able to below get your means. Yeah. Uh, we, we've seen with our, our friend Brett, who is attempting to buy a restaurant. Yeah. He has owned three restaurants before. He has consulted for restaurants. He's managed restaurants. Yeah. He's well-versed in the industry. And he is seeing shit from the town that he's trying to buy this business 
just the legal stuff yeah. is cost has cost him an additional hundred thousand dollars that he didn't plan on. Right. He's done this before. Yeah. And no one's ever gone in and said, "Oh, you you know." He's honestly thinking that somebody either he pissed someone off or the guy he's buying the business hey, from pissed someone when off. When I did the Nashua store, I had already done it four, five, six times. My seventh one. I First said, time you had to put changing stations in. <laughs> yeah, children's changing stations, water bubblers. Not just a water bubbler. A water bubbler also for people who are Handicap. vertically challenged. <laughs> right. A water bubbler. Is that a water fountain? Water fountain. Well, we're going to hit that up next week, I think. Yeah, get into some of these crazy... The New uh, England expressions. Yeah. Um, man. Uh Store design. That's another another area where he says he's going to do. It's in a high end area. His build out is going to be <laughs> astronomical. You know, Rocky Patel's build out when he does a burn is five million dollars. What? That's his build out. I would have huh. years ago. I would have said, "Oh my god, that's insane!" Until I did Nashua, just the lounge, right? Which was a half a million dollars mm-hmm. to build out. I paid a million dollars for the building years ago it's a half a million dollars to rehab it to decorate to decorate yeah. slap a coat of paint yeah. and change the, the bathroom stalls and fixtures right because it wasn't you know it wasn't like i put a kitchen and a bathroom and a or a bar we get the little roll-up right. thing or right. whatever can you imagine what that would have cost uh let's make some beautiful music right now with avo cigars from moments worth remembering to stories worth telling and notes worth savoring. Avo Cigars. Lyrics of top charted songs. Can you guess the name of the song and the artist from the wrong lyrics or even the right ones? Avo Cigars. All right, you know how it works. Go to your buzzes and uh, you're going to hear the wrong lyrics to the song first. These ones are wrong. It's a wrong. The answer, my friends. I call foul. The ants are my friends. Blowing in the wind. No, I call foul. You didn't finish. You You told me you don't have to. I just changed the rules last last week. week. This is fucking bullshit. Last week you changed the rules and I said, okay, but I'm going to stop right there and I'm not going to say anything more. I completely stopped. I didn't even say a word like, okay, you're going to have to answer this. I said nothing because I I froze because that's what you told me to do. (laughs) The ants are my friends. The ants are my friends, is what I said. Yeah. And you said... Blowing in the wind, Bob Dylan. That is the winner. The ants are my friends. The ants are my friends. You never would have got that. The ants are my friends. Blowing in the wind. The real... I probably wouldn't have got that it was Bob Dylan. I have several other versions, like Peter, Paul, and Mary, for example. But the answer, my friend... Is blowing in the wind is the correct words, but I said the ants are my friends, and he gets it. Mm-hmm. See how this is? Sometimes it it's to me the like most... you said the the real lyrics by accident is what it sounds like. No, the like. ants are my friends. The ants are my friends, and it does sound like that that he says yeah. that, right? Oh yeah, the ants are he's my. He's a mumbler. Yeah. <laughs> he's horrible, and yet he wins all kinds of awards, like he's the greatest singer of all time. But he's a good open, songwriter. But opening a cigar lounge, man, you know, you, you, I'd love you to come into the business because I love the business and it's I love like the industry. It's like opening a can of worms. But 
Um, I think it's our duty, other retailers, it's our duty to explain how fucking hard this is. Well, just, <laughs> I, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking at a list of stuff that I just kind of jotted down. Inventory management. You can't just buy a program anymore. Everything is subscription-based. Yeah. Everything is pay-to-play. If you want to mine data, it's extra. If you want to be able to run just simple KPI reports, key performance indicator reports, you got to pay extra, and it's ongoing extra. And so somebody's listening and says, yeah, but Dave, you started with $6,000, and you, there was a store right next door to you, and there was one across the street. There was. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved up here, there was one, one on each side of me, and I didn't care. Because I was stupid, but you also ignorance was bliss. You started with six thousand, but then you were working a regular job yeah. every night, and yep. you were dumping money into the business. Yeah. So you started with six thousand, but you put way more than yeah. that in. Yeah, just got worse and worse and worse up until ever, forever. Right? I just put a half a million into the lounge. I could have put that half a million into my pocket, mm-hmm. but I ended up adding to the lounge to say, okay, I'm going to uh, make this nicer because I plan on staying longer to make that lounge make me back that money right right and how long does that take a very very long long time time. (laughs) a very long time just like it's going to take you to end up doing that um where i say a lot of stores are gonna go out of business here's here's a positive note of what when you get into the business you don't just get in in good times. Sometimes the strategic move is to get in on a bad time. Mm-hmm. So you don't know how bad those other three guys are suffering. Enough so that you could open and wipe them all out. Could because, be. you know, they were barely hanging on to begin with. Wouldn't it make more sense, and you convinced yourself of this uh, when we did the show, uh, to make them an offer? Yes, uh, buying somebody else's business. But then again, he's saying these are cigar stores and he wants to open a lounge. And he wants to open his lounge in the nicer neighborhood because they're apparently not in the nice neighborhood. So his thought process is build a beautiful thing in the beautiful area. And these people are going to like it better is what, what I'm imagining. It's very hard for a couple of sentences. And, and you know, am, am I in the in the right direction of what you're saying well i'm sure he'll he'll respond yeah um but you know what a week doesn't go by that this doesn't Mm -hmm. actually happen to me that somebody comes in and says i'd like to do this and blah 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 blah, which is very smart to go to somebody who's in the business as opposed to you you think you know but you don't know it just happened this week that uh that gentleman walked in walter he just bought a cigar store with three of his buddies, and yes. all the reps said, "You got to go meet David Garofalo." Right. And he's like, "Why would, why would David Garofalo want to meet me?" Yeah, it was his question to them, and they said, "No, he loves this shit. Yeah, just go and talk to him. He loves this shit. He does." Yeah, three buddies get together and open up a cigar, buy somebody's cigar Ooh. lounge. Sounds uh, like an issue. And it was owned by a husband and wife, mm. and they got divorced. And uh, she moved away, and then he said, okay, I got to get rid of this. Uh, And they spent a lot of time and money putting that store together. Then they uh, had a store. Then they ended up buying a a building and rehabbed that, had lots of problems with the town. It took like a year for them to get that store even open. It gets open, then that ends up happening. Mm. If I was to take that store over, it actually be – I don't know what they paid, 
but it's a good buy mm. because yep. somebody sunk an awful lot of money into right. it. The wor- and the work is All done. the work is done. So they have a good possibility. Now, he has a regular full-time job. The other partner has a full-time job. And then the third partner retired. So he's And wants to work part-time. It's a recipe for disaster is what that is. <laughs> Who knows? I, I, he seemed like a very nice guy. Hopefully the other guys are. Hopefully they stay friends because right. you, want, you want to lose a friend? Go in business with them. Yeah. The more partners you have, the more potential trouble you yeah. have. But um, is, it, is it a place, hey, let's just get this. We'll have a place to go to and maybe make a few bucks. Mm. If that's the attitude, okay. If it's, okay, I'm going to quit my job. Uh, my full-time job as soon as I can. That's what I did. Yeah. It took me three years, and I said, okay, I'm going to quit my job once this thing makes enough money for me to survive. Not to be where I was, way worse. Yeah. Uh, it took me over 10 years to get where I was. Hmm. Over 10 years to get uh, in with debt that I didn't have. I had debt, and I was living, my paycheck was at least what I was making before, but that took 10 years. Um, but you know, after, after 30 years, wow, it got really profitable. It really, <laughs> really started working, working out. It was a good move. I can say after 30 years, after 10 years, we decided it was a bad move. Mm. Oh, everything we already did, but we already did it. So, okay. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and, and really understand business. Oh, well, that's that. My last three points here are obviously financial management, being able to keep track of your expenses, your revenue, maintaining a budget. It's not the money that's in the drawer is not your money, right? That is the business's money. And when you sell a cigar, you've got to be able to replace it, ideally. And and this is going to speak to the more than replace the it because taxes. you want to build the business. Correct. Yeah. You want to build the inventory, but you've got to also watch what kind of business you register as. Are you an LLC? Are you an S corporation? Because there's different benefits and there's different problems with right. all those well, different industries. Bring, brings up another point. You need people. You probably need an accountant. Yeah. You need a lawyer. Bookkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much to it. And keep keep in mind the store that you said does a half a million. That's a half a million <laughs> in sales. More than half of that is on inventory. So let's call it. $200,000 of its profit of the 500000 at best. You'd be doing pretty well. Now that. you got rent and you got employees and you got everything else that goes there. Uh, and let's take more than half of that away. You're down to $100,000. And then you got to pay the damn loan off mm. that you did. And you borrowed a couple hundred thousand dollars. Do you want to pay 100000 of that off and or or 50000 of it and say this is going to last four years with interest and all that stuff? You're down to zero. So it's zero for year one, two, three, four. Okay, you broke even. You're year five. And let's start making profit. Well, the profit we, we showed you was only 200000 less your expenses yep. of what it is. So you're down to 100000 In this case of this guy, he's got three people he's splitting it with. After five years, you get $30,000 a year. After five years of making nothing. Right. Each one of you is going to get thirty thousand. Right. If you work it, if you work it. Now that that brings us to staffing because you've got to be able to hire and train some reliable people. But and the not, train, train if you the never did train it. is the hardest part. Yeah, and and you never did it. You you're new at this, and you never trained somebody before. There are some bang up uh, 
sales training oh, courses out there that you could get for the sales side of it. But the yeah. product knowledge, uh, I don't know, you find a podcast that talks about cigars yeah, every Well, once he did. That's why he's, he's on here. <laughs> you remember Sarah, who came on the show yeah. and we interviewed her. Uh, and she still works for us now and then. She was at the New England Cigar Expo. We got it coming up, a couple couple of things coming there. But uh, she's moved on to two different jobs. But the reason why she came on is she was going to open a cigar bar. Remember, bourbon and cigar bar. Yep. And my recommendation to her was she needs to talk to somebody in the cigar industry. and She needs to work in it also. She, turns out she already worked at a bar before. And then I said, yeah, you should find some place to work. So she came to work for us for a year. And she decided, you know what? I don't, she never, we never had the conversation, but she never did it. She right. went on to something else. So she learned the easy way. She got paid to decide if she wasn't going to do this. Mm. Where you are going to borrow money and start a company and get into some serious debt to find out it isn't right. So I'm going to say the same thing to you. Get a job at a cigar lounge like the type of cigar lounge you want to open. And you're going to have your regular job that you work at. You're going to get a part-time job for 20 hours a week. So you're going to work 60 hours a week for a year. And you're going to work in one. And you're going to make, you're going to make money doing it. And you're going to decide at that point, do I want to do this? And I, not 50-50, most likely 90-10, you're going to get out. Because you're, it's not what you think it is. It's not, so no. much higher. And I've been watching you f- do this for over 25 years. I've never said, I want to get involved. Right. I mean, I'm a person who looks at return on investment. Yes. I mean, when you think about what you've invested, not just dollars, right. but time oh my God. and my, opportunity. Uh, married to the business, literally. Yeah. We were talking earlier today, uh, Jonathan and I, and I, I mentioned an old movie or something like that, and he said, obviously, that was in the early 80s. Yeah, because in 1985, I started Two Guys Smoke Shop. And you haven't seen any movies. <laughs> I haven't gotten a movie since. <laughs> so I know everything that happened because I was a normal person then. I used to go to restaurants, <laughs> and I used to go to the movies and watch a ball game and all that. And all that went away because I got, I got married to a business. And, and now you only don't report to work. On one day, it happens to be the shortest day, and yeah, you spend so all day catch up. catching up on paperwork. <laughs> right. Because my bookkeeper is the is my wife. Exactly. Yeah. So here we are making things uh, uh, done and stuff. And oh, come on, you want to go out for lunch or something? Maybe. And and I'm going to say very rare, you know, <laughs> that that even happens. But I I try to be a father and a and a husband yeah. at the same time and a grandfather. Uh, he babysat uh, baby James yes. for the first time by himself. How did that go? It went awesome. Really? Yeah. And, and it went so great. And then the next day, he came over. He slept over that night. And then that morning, I'm leaving. And uh, they they told me when I got here that he was crying. I said, I miss Papa. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Huge. Yeah. I don't know if they're lying, Pro- but probably, it made me feel good. Probably because he just got to sit in his recliner with you and have snacks. We had snacks, <laughs> and, we, and we watched. It turns out he likes watching other kids play. So you can watch videos of little kids playing with uh, Hot Wheels cars. Yeah. And they got tracks, and they put them down, and they're giggling, and they're playing, and he was enamored by don't, this. Don't let How him get How the in. hell did you figure out that he would like that? I don't know. 
Don't let them get into this unboxing videos, you know, where the kids unbox toys. No, he wants to see them play and crash the cars. And, oh, all right. Does he, like, do little play-by-play? I hope the red one crashes. He barely talks. There's not a lot of talking going on. But Does he grunt and point? Because that's he, probably what he's saying. He went into a zone mm. watching this. You know, I'm snapping my fingers in front of him. <laughs> of, he's really into this. He loves Ed, it. we've done that with Dave. So, obviously, that apple cart didn't tip over <laughs> and roll the apples too far. All right. Next week on the Cigar Authority, uh, what are we doing? We are ta- uh, people talking about AI, uh, but we're going to talk about AS, artificial shortages. Whoa. Artificial cigar shortages, is it real or is it a marketing ploy or is it a little bit of both? Mickey Pegg from All Saints Cigars and McAuliffe Cigars is going to join us. Is he going to tell us anything? He may not. Uh, I don't recall him ever being working for a company that went into that artificial shortage thing. He worked for Davidoff. He worked for um, CAO. CAO, and he worked you, for You know what we could do is when he won't answer the questions, we could have chat GPT. Ah. And just ask it so that we have an answer ah, of some we sort. We could. We could. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll catch that uh, Saturday next on The Cigar Authority. Stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.